is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. It is ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. Want to say welcome. Welcome, 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 welcome into the show for today. And as always, we all want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener day. And remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And when you download your podcast, when you listen, when you feel so elated to just listen to our show right after the show is done, just go ahead and go to that little review spot, move that little meter over to that five star, and drop us a little comment in there to say, hey, these guys are amazing, they're excellent, and you should definitely listen. We would definitely appreciate that. If you don't do that, you know, I might have to question whether or not, you know, you wrote the little shop bus one school. Um, but you know, I, I shouldn't have done that. All right, so yeah, let's move on. Um, starting off the show today, we're gonna, we're gonna get into the Falcons, right? We got the Richard Grant. You know, he is somebody that had a lot of expectation this year, T. Um, last year, I'm sorry, um, and didn't quite live up to him. We'll kind of explain why and how he may be one of those guys to take one of those sophomore jumps that everybody seems to love to talk about. And and and, come, and after and after that, Kyle Pitts, is it possible that his numbers can be a little bit lower the yardage and be better this year? Could he actually take a sophomore jump that is significant and we'll be able to understand and see what type of guy he's going to be in 2022? And last but not least, T, it's Prince's birthday. And yeah. baseball umpires up here putting their hands on folks? What is all of that about? We'll get into all of that. But first, you know, as I mentioned before, Richie Grant caught a lot of criticism last year, T, and the expectations for a second-round pick are, are you're going to come in, start right away, and you know justify you that pick being made um in that second round and i think a lot of people can agree that richard mm -hmm. grant didn't necessarily do that but right. i think that the first thing that we i think we need to kind of put out there as far as like how he got into that situation right because we are i think dp's laid it all out when mm -hmm. it comes to knowing his defense and the difficulty of that mm -hmm. I, he said richard grant just came up a little short in that department yes yeah. So, I, so I think, and, and you know, as far as with him on being on that level, it's mm -hmm. it's it, it's a matter of him, um, Isaiah Oliver going down, and then once he Isaiah Oliver down, Dean P's like, okay, I got to figure out how to get this guy on the field. So he went in, he played the nickel spot, and mm -hmm. he was at in a space where he was starting to you starting to see why they they take they took him right and yes. and I think the, the the big thing for me for Grant is to kind of help me believe that he can do it and he mm -hmm. can get into a, a, a space where he can be a, a solid contributor was yes. you talked about it OTAs on Friday in the mm -hmm. open practice down the Mercedes Benz he said that he feels that he has to prove himself each and yeah. every year coming to the season and I think that you have to do nothing but agree with that oh yeah absolutely because when you look at the reasoning, the rationale for Richie Grant being drafted, it was point blank, the return of the ball hawk. Because right. with the, the departure of a DeMonte Casey, this, of course, pre-injury, pre he was considered the Falcons' ball hawk. 
And so when they brought Richie Grant in, they're like, yeah, we got another ball hawk back. We're good. And it just did not look like that. And granted, you gave some good rationales for why it didn't look that way. But the bottom line is it didn't because the thought was that you wouldn't end the 2021 season, look at a stat line and see Richie Grant having zero interceptions. That's not what you expected. Yeah. That's not what you needed out of Richie Grant for that defense. But yeah, I love the energy that he's bringing to the table. We saw him still pick up. It seemed like he was more comfortable in the defense later on in the year. And if he gets to this season, play one position and just stay in that and hopefully has even taken the time to just master being in that safety spot. And now you'll get year two under Dean Pease. I do think is going to look different. And he could be that guy who... Low-key, we haven't talked a lot about him because he's not in a position battle, per se, right? Right, We've exactly. We've talked about those guys who are in position battles. But might I say, Jarvis, his is a different kind of position battle. He's in a battle with himself to be able to show what he can do at that position and to be able to excel for that high second-round pick that was brought in to really shore up that secondary. And when you look at the secondary, uh, not just – Richie Grant from, you know, last season. But if you look at Isaiah Oliver coming back, seeming like he's a bit healthier than he was before, you look at A.J. Terrell, who by all stretches, you know, is being just touted. Not as just <laughs> justifiably. So now that's somebody who justified his first round pick. Smoking but Norfolk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clearly justified. You look across that entire secondary and what the Falcons did in the offseason in free agency as well as in the draft to continue. I think the secondary is actually showing up pretty well. And I do believe that Richie Grant is going to be a part of that success in the secondary when it's all said and done. And they're going to need him because the NFC South is still just as loaded as ever, just in terms of weapons that you have to deal with just in your division alone. No doubt about it. And and I think the one thing, the thing that I'm sure Richie Grant was happy to hear, Arthur Mm -hmm. Smith has come out and DPs as well. They have come out and said that he's going to work exclusively at the safety position. And I think that, he is more than happy to kind of do with it, even though he did a solid job at that nickel spot. And you've seen he and uh, Jalen Hawkins, they, those guys are, are like two peas in a pot. Every time we're out at practice, those guys are out there hanging, having conversations. And having so you like to see that, yeah. that, that camaraderie, right? But mm-hmm. T, I, we got to talk about this. Yeah. Aaron Dawn, 95 milli. Uh, the first two years, 60 million guaranteed. <laughs> this dude is the highest non-paid quarterback ever. Yes. Ever in the yes. NFL. And you know what? I'm I'm not I'm not hating. I, as a matter of fact, I'm like, well, it's about damn time. That's what I said yeah. when I saw that, those numbers come across my screen. But I, I I think a lot of people felt like that because if right. you think about the the position. Right. Outside a quarterback, that is the most influential position. It is going to be that of the guy who takes the quarterback down. Yeah. That of the guy who completely yes, affects and can change a game all by himself. And can we really think of anybody, especially at this stage in their career? Because you could say a Von Miller, and obviously Von did what he came to do in that situation, right? But talking about the here and now, right? Aaron Donald. And it is Aaron Donald, and it is Aaron Donald. Everybody else is just a close second. So, yeah, I was excited to see him get that money. And when I think about it, of course, being that he's a defensive tackle, my first thought went to Grady Jarrett, and I said, you know what? Good for you, Rams, because you're saying defense is what wins you championships, right? And that takes nothing away from what Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup were able to do for the Rams. But if you don't have Aaron Donald, you are not winning 
You don't that win that Super Bowl. Not that Super Bowl. <laughs> you know? Let's just be honest about it, you know. And not just that, Jarvis. Should we say you're not even getting out of the NFC? Period. Without an Aaron Donald. So again, and you you gave him pieces all throughout, right? So that you'd be able to get over that hump because you were in win now mode. What I like about what the Falcons did was they said, "Hey, we got ourselves." And when I say aversion, people, I'm not suggesting that you know Aaron Donald equals Grady Jarrett. But my point is, you see somebody who is an anchor, both on the field and off the field, your mental anger, uh, excuse me, anchor, your physical anchor, your spiritual and emotional anchor. And you say to yourself, we got a shot to keep this guy. We got a shot to keep him. He is the perfect bridge because he was there in the, during the low times, right? Towards the end of the Dan Quinn era. He's there at the beginning of the Arthur Smith era as they're figuring things out. And then as Arthur Smith and company begin to ascend, I think he's the perfect guy to then take you on that journey to ascend to that next level. So when I saw the Aaron Donald deal, yes, it made me excited because I had an opportunity to speak to him uh, actually twice at, just before he got drafted and also for the Super Bowl here in Atlanta. And just the kind of guy that you want to see have that kind of success. But also, Jarvis, it made me think about Grady Jarrett and how when you got that kind of anchor on your defense, it can mean nothing but good things. You know what? And it's easy to kind of see the parallels, right? Because when you look at Aaron Donald's situation with the Rams, if they want to win another Super Bowl, Super Bowl they want to sign him, right? And That's just right. like you talked about with Grady Jarrett, if the Falcons want to be able to have a nice transition into their regime, Terry mm -hmm. Fondo, Arthur Smith mm -hmm. putting their stamp on this yeah. organization, they had to go ahead and sign Grady Jarrett and get the deal done. So it, it, it's, it's interesting that it kind of um, played out like that because, like I said, mm -hmm. I was I think we were on the same page as far as yeah. thinking about like, oh, there's some, some interesting parallels here because mm -hmm. those guys are very valuable to uh, their respective teams. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, T, you know the, the Braves are back on back on the diamond tonight uh, against the Oakland Athletics. Kyle Wright is on the mound. He's five and three with a two point four one ERA. We already know what those bats are looking like. I, I, I think I think you kind of it's kind of easy to kind of expect the bats to continue to roll. Mm -hmm. And also we need to see a little bit more of Kyle Wright. Make sure he keep those guys off base. You know yes. we we know he got a little problem with that, but continue mm -hmm. to sit those guys down. He's actually right now in the league. 66 strikeouts and the Braves are playing for another milestone. They're 14 and 14 at home yeah. with a win tonight. They will actually be over 500 for the first time this season Amazing. at home. So, hey, it's a lot on the line tonight and uh, hopefully the Braves can kind of continue going, getting on this streak, right? Yeah, I, I like what I'm seeing. And of course, I call it the Matt Olson revenge game, but we know it's not really right. revenge because yeah, we know it wasn't exactly. a negative thing. Thank you for saving me, Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. For him, it was like, Captain, save me, you know what? But yeah, for Matt Olson still, you know, it, it gives you a little bit of momentum, right? <laughs> of course, that's because you're right. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it gives you a little momentum. Matt Olson in terms of getting that that four run home run uh, in that last or having four hits uh, right. in that yeah. last game in, in the series finale against the Rockies also making that amazing diving catch just to seal the deal uh, in that series in the fourth game of that series and you know he was a part of the reason that they were able to literally get a sweep I mean you just don't right. hear about four game sweeps anymore and for the Braves that's like 
a sweep period, whether it's a two, three, or four game, because you hope to see them get this two-game sweep against the A's. It's a beautiful thing. But Matt Olson trending up on offense and defense at the right time. So we love to see it. And uh, low-key, he hasn't really had an impact on the, uh, the A's, by the way. But I'm just interested because we haven't seen Christian Pache, right? So this will be the yeah. first opportunity to kind of see him in a different uniform. I do think Alex Anthopoulos made the right move there. Oh, no doubt. It'll be interesting to see, yeah, like, does he have sort of a revenge game? Hopefully right. not, uh, either game one or game two against the Braves. No doubt about it. And we will continue to keep an eye on those guys. We want them to remain undefeated in the month of June. Yes, we've been <laughs> saying it. We're talking about it and because we don't believe in no doggone superstitions on this doggone show. We believe in reality and putting good work in and getting good results. That's what yeah. we believe. Um, we thank you. For, you know for the good results that you've given us so far by making sure you follow us and like it and subscribe and us you know you can follow Tanisha on Twitter at Tanisha Batiste you can follow myself at Jarvis D90 uh, make sure you go ahead and do that you know we're kind of some cool people you know I'm like to pat my own back sometimes but yeah coming up next though T Kyle Pitts everybody we talked about this maybe this a sophomore leap for Richie Grant let's see let's talk about this sophomore leap for Kyle Pitts is it possible that the yardage can go down, but the touchdowns can go up? We'll explain that next right here on ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and T, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to the Funhouse, better known as yes. ATL Day One. I am Tanitra, that guy who's chuckling because I made him laugh. It's Jarvis. But that's what we're here to do, make you guys laugh and just have fun because you know what? That's what sports is supposed to be about with all the cray-cray going on in the world. We hope that you guys are getting a little entertainment and enjoyment from the sports that we bring you every single day, whether you're checking us out on YouTube and subscribing like you have, getting us almost to 2,000 subscribers, liking Ooh. us and following us, we appreciate you. But also, if you are listening to us on wherever you get your podcasts, we appreciate you for going to those platforms and also giving us a five-star review when we bring you all the noise, just like we think that Kyle Pitts is going to do this year. So, you know, everyone has talked about even we talked about it, Jarvis, even after open practice on Friday, right? The fact that Kyle Pitts, uh, he's hitting a little different. And yeah. when I talked to him a couple months ago, I actually caught up with him at a couple of Hawks games and talked to him. I could tell, you know, the swag was different. There was a little bit more that, hey, I got my rookie year under my belt, right? And mm -hmm. so he started talking about that Friday, the maturity on and off the field compared to where he was last season, how confident he feels coming in, even after a solid year like he had, but really, truly, and when you look at it, you know, I looked at the stats, not bad. When you think about him getting 68 receptions, a thousand yard receiving season, um, you know, just what he was able to do, 15.1 yards per touch. That's pretty darn Almost impressive. Almost two first downs. Yeah, that's not exactly. bad at all. Oh, exactly. <laughs> he a first down and halfway to another one whenever he touches the ball, which is amazing. But as amazing as Kyle Pitts was last year, he could be amazing this year, but maybe in a different way because the Falcons decided to go back out in the draft and get themselves more help in that wide receiver tight end room, if you will, the pass catchers. And that was with Drake London. So that'll probably have give an opportunity to Kyle, maybe Jarvis not to get more touches per se, as far as receptions, but maybe more touchdowns because now you have a legitimate other threat out there that either Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter will be 
throwing to. And now defenses are going to have to scheme for more than just one guy. So depending on what your thoughts are, quantity and quality, touchdowns versus receptions, if you will, moving the change, Jarvis, could it be that even if Kyle Pitts' reception yard numbers go down, that his production and truly the quality of the production goes up? Uh, I think I think is almost guaranteed to go up. Here's why, mm-hmm. because it, I think you brought brought it. You kind of touched on it just a little. When you talk about defensive schemes and and what to an extra piece to think about, right? An mm-hmm. extra thing to kind of game plan for, and that's the legs of Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter, either whoever's in that, who's ever up under the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna have to be concerned about, you know, uh, the RPOs and, and yeah. those, that, that that type of offense being implemented to it, right? Because right. you have the Cordero Patterson piece, right? You know, he mm-hmm. he he got a nice little arm. He can sit back there and throw that guy, you know, and, and moving Kyle Pitts around when you have, mm-hmm. and then you have guys like Drake London who's familiar with the, running in the slot. I know for yep. a fact. That I, I'm not, I haven't been sitting in the bathroom when Arthur Smith is coming up with these plays and drawing up all these plays. But I know for a fact that we're going to see Drake London in the slot on one yes. side, and yes. you're going to see Kyle Pitts line up in the slot on the other side. And mm-hmm. then you're going to have Cordell Patterson line up next to Malcolm Mariota in the, in the gun, and they're going to be running RPO. And you're going to have to yes. figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's why you got those big boy wide receivers because yes. – slash tight ends or whatever you want to call it. Right, right. Technical. I said big the boy, same. The wide, big boy wide receivers big boy, right big there. Boy, exactly. And big that, body. It is, it's going, those windows aren't going to be as tight as they normally are mm-hmm. because those guys catch radius is, is amazing. I'll never forget when, when um, Kyle Pitts came in, you know, all the hype coming in, you know, I wasn't really a big fan of the pick initially. And yeah. I think yeah, you yeah. can just, when, and I went out there for rookie man account last year, Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting there, and I was just watching. And I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like he, Matt just threw the ball up, and he just went and got it. Yeah. And it was yeah. nothing. Richie Grant, because Richie Grant was guarding, it was nothing he could do. Yeah. Dude is six six two forty five. Like, what can you do with that? Because if there even looks like it's single coverage, mm-hmm. like Matt would just throw the ball up, and he'll just go get it. And and yeah. I think that that is going to be a he's going to be a weapon to be reckoned with because um, I, I think, you know, he, it, there were some times where I think Arthur Smith really couldn't do what he wanted to do in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, yeah. when you have yeah. that extra piece, that's extra element that you have to think about mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota's legs or Desmond Ritter, whoever's at the quarterback position. I think that's why they brought him in because those guys are similar in, in play styles. Right. So yeah. you kind of, those guys can be interchangeable at some point this season. But mm-hmm. so that's the piece that I think that is going to allow Kyle Pitts to be more of a weapon this year in the red zone to get yeah. catch the ball in the end zone because you know a guy like that with only one touchdown, yeah, of course a lot of people going to have a lot of questions to ask. Exactly, and when you think about the fact, and and you and I have been talking about that piece because the red zone it improved a bit. I mean, the Falcons were still twenty fourth in the league in in red zone efficiency. Right. At fifty, uh, just under fifty-four percent. So, you know, still, still a challenge. Yeah, a little bit better than the year before, but not by much. But right. when you think about weapons, and you all, and we don't, we haven't even. The funny thing is, we haven't even gotten into a conversation about. Well, this is Olamide Zacchaeus's second year in Arthur Smith's regime. So right. you never know how he and Dave Rago might figure out how to maybe use OZ a little bit better and a little mm-hmm. bit differently. Also, Brian Edwards. We don't talk a lot about him and how that might impact. 
um, the, the call, the play calling um, in, in terms of the passing game, right? And the reason right. I bring that out is because the more weapons you have, the more creative you can get with mm-hmm. your offensive scheme. And the more creative you can get, the more, to me, that sounds like that's going to pay dividends for Kyle Pitts and this offense, especially in that red zone. Because, again, like you said, even if, whether that's Mariota or whether that's Ritter, but I'm thinking about Ritter in particular and how Kyle Pitts said, you know, when I asked him about Desmond Ritter and what his thoughts were on him in particular from the rookie class, got a little smile on him and said, oh, he throws a nice ball. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Football players are so good at this, right? They're so good at putting stuff out there without making them right. seem that they're as excited as they they, they, they were, right? Or, yes. or they or they really are. They make exactly. it seem like, oh yeah, oh yeah, he got a he throws a nice ball. But you can yeah. if you were there, like you were, you know, and I was sitting there watching too when he said, I was yep. just like, hmm. bro, you like that a little bit more than what you think. But you're letting on, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we all nice saw yeah. a little something there in person <laughs> that we can't. There's no way for us to explain it to you. It was one of those where you just you had to be there. But hey, that's why you got Jarvis and I on ATL Day Ones to tell you about these little nuances that we see that maybe we'll see in the regular season or kind of tips our hand or gives us a little peek, right, into right. what we might see in the regular season. So I definitely like that piece. But you also mentioned something as well in terms of having a CP and where you line him up and how even having that piece is going to be something that gives a little bit more versatility and flexibility because listen, the more you stack and how often have we said it, because we also heard it from Arthur Smith, the more you stack that room and have competition, the more that makes everybody up their game. So yeah, I agree with you. I think this is a prime opportunity for Kyle Pitts, whose numbers may go down a little bit in terms of receptions because you got a ball that you can actually spread around now, right? right and you exactly. can be a little bit more flexible and creative in the way that you set up this offense. But we believe, just as you said, that it's going to pay dividends in, dividends in the area where it matters most, which is the red zone. And you want that to pay dividends early because how many times, Jarvis, definitely in the seasons gone by, but even last season, how many times did we say as we're looking at, you know, play by play, we're looking at the box score and we're saying, oh, wow, we got a nice, uh, you know, a nice package, if you will, or a nice mix of mm-hmm. run pass on this right. particular drive. We might have seven passes and we might have seven runs. And then all of a sudden it gets down to crunch time and we're in that red zone and we're wondering what's going to happen. Yep. And then Arthur Smith and Dave Ragone are essentially forced to do one of two things. Either they're in some third and short situation where maybe it all, they don't have anybody that they trust yep. and that ball ends up going somewhere or being thrown to somebody because God forbid it wouldn't be run a lot. Let's be honest, but it ends up being thrown somewhere where we're like, no, that's, that's not the answer. That's not the answer. But because defenses could scheme against Kyle Pitts and keep him away from the red zone, they were like, beat me with everybody else. We dare you to get in, in the end zone with anybody else. And oftentimes the Falcons couldn't, which of course then led us to having to tweet out Young Way Koo yeah. for the makes the 17, 27-yard field goal. Yeah, yeah. that's the conversation <laughs> we don't want to have more often than not this season. 
No doubt, but one thing it has done, it's definitely got young young way coupe. Y'all got a nice little chick. You're like, yeah, y'all keep failing yeah. in the red zone. One guy was money. never mad when the red zone situation did not work out and did not land six points was the guy who almost always landed them three points, right? So, no, that guy was never mad. But you know what? There's a guy that I don't know if he was mad, but half of Twitter definitely was mad last night about it. And that's one guy who hit the long ball like he was supposed to. So why couldn't he just do what he wanted to do after that? There's also a team that wants to know, can they hit the gritty one more time? Because that's what they want to do when they get dubs. And of course, an icon, we want to celebrate him today on his special day, on his born day. So if you want to know about all three of those, come back on the other side. It's for the culture right here on ATL Day Ones. We'll see you in a minute. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. We want to thank you for riding with us throughout the entire show. We've been talking Falcons, Richie Grant, yeah. Kyle Pitts, man. Oh, just been going so well. I know you've been enjoying enjoying all of this good, good content. And we also we know you have because you have liking and subscribing to our YouTube channel. It's Locked On Sports Atlanta. We are ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and T. And we are pushing, pushing towards two thousand the push for 2k hashtag push for 2k go ahead and drop it on twitter you know we'll we'll retweet that bad boy you know and you can find us on twitter at jarvis d90 and at tanitra batiste um we want you to continue if you already subscribed tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend and always remember we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and make sure you leave a five-star review i ain't gonna talk bad about you like i did earlier in the show i would never do that but t this is for the culture, which is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. And sometimes, whatever the hell we want to talk about. But that's just how we get down. All right, now, see, when I came across this bad boy, like, you know, I be in my feels about certain things, you know, when, player, when it comes to players expressing themselves and showing emotion on the field, on the diamond, on the court, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Like, yeah. it, I just think that thing runs a little bit more deep than what people, you know, try to portray those that people as being bad people or they are trying to show off, all right? So there's a young man, don't know his name because, you know, mm -hmm. just gonna keep it real. Uh, he a uh, baseball player for Eastern Carolina, the Pirates, mm -hmm. right? Purple and gold guys. You know, I know you like that purple and gold. You know, we ain't gonna get in that, but anyway. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god alright all right. we don't want this show to go off the rails let's, let's, keep, let's stay on track Charles. come on stay on. Come on. so um, um, Eastern Carolina baseball player hits a home run and you know he's taking his little time with it making sure it goes out you know about to get ready to get his stroll on yeah. here come the umpire putting his hand on the man back and pushing him to go down the line I'm just sitting up here like if you traditionalists don't sit your butt down somewhere, right. I want to say something else, but I'm not going to do that. It's a kid-friendly show. Kid-friendly. Oh, my God. See, like, let the man have a moment. Like, why are you yeah. inserting yourself into that moment right there by pushing Ooh. this man, T? Come yeah. on. Why, what there's, are you doing here? There are so many moments in sports, in across all sports, Jarvis, where I feel like, the referees, the umpires, they I think you just said the perfect verbiage. Inserting yourself in the moment. Inserting yourself at inappropriate times. Imparts are notorious and for that, right? <laughs> and a lot of times it's in-game in terms of changing the potentially changing the course of a game. Right. But 
And while this didn't necessarily do that, it was still in that whole basket of inappropriate, not your moment to shine, sit down somewhere and be humble, as you know, my boy Kendrick Lamar would say. But in that instance, let that kid have his moment. Like if he wants to watch his moonshot, let him watch his moonshot and let him soak it all in. And not just him, Jarvis, but what about you as, you know, mom or dad, auntie or uncle, neighbor, best friends, you know, who could be videoing this, you know, because this is a moment in time where they want to see their kids shine or their their cousin or brother. Let it all just play out and let people soak it in. It does not take away from the integrity of the game. In fact, I was reading down the tweet thread of the tweet that you sent me about the story. And one of the guys had the audacity to say, yeah, because football players and they're dancing in the end zone and basketball players after they hit a three and kind of stand there and watch it go in. All of it just needs to stop. And I'm thinking to myself, so did he forget that just like this segment, sports is supposed to be an intersection about entertainment and about the culture as well, it is supposed to That's why to they charge you to get in. Oh, <laughs> it's the thing that takes us away from all the cray cray. And man, so you took that moment from him and everybody who was trying to embrace the moment. Not cool, man. Not cool. Not cool at all. Shame on you, umpire. I wish I could Shame. slap you upside your head. I'm sorry. Man. I be getting violent. Team. I just, I just touch my soul. Yeah, some type of way about that, man. You don't get your hands off me, first of all. <laughs> Let's do that. Right <laughs> Anyway, all right. On a more positive note, um, me up here intersecting my violence into the show today. Um, it's Prince's birthday, T. Um, favorite Prince song. Happy birthday to the man in purple. Happy birthday to the man in purple. Wow. I, I was trying to figure out which one I was going to go with, but I think I'll go with a door. Okay. I think I'll go with the door. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that that's going to be, it, it's a, it's across, it's one A, you see me going back and having a moment, but yeah, I'm you had a, yeah, I saw that. Like, was yeah. that New Jersey? Yeah. That's like a New Jersey moment. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, inside jokes, moment. y'all. Inside jokes. Yeah. yeah. Well, one day we're going to tell you all about the Jersey jokes. But for now, 1A is a door, and, or 1B probably is a door, and 1A is insatiable. Those are my ones. I gotta, I gotta go with when doves cry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep it on, on the layer. I gotta love it, you know. Maybe I'm just. Uh, 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 that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my, you know, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I uh. He got a lot of hits. Like we can choose oh, from a lot. Oh my of songs. god! Yeah, we can be here all <laughs> that day. That catalog yeah. is extra long and big. It is, um, and you yeah, can so. hit songs so have you on a moment of time, like yeah. a moment in time where you pause and you're like, "Yeah, I knew where I was when that song hit," or I was dating this person, or I was hanging out at that place. Yeah, just the icon. And when you think about the fact that wow, Prince would have turned sixty three today, like Prince. Wow. Like, Prince. Didn't look but, like yeah. it, but even right before he passed, no, passed yeah. away, he did not look like he was in his fifties, no. late fifties, you know, early sixties. So yeah, yeah. it's happy birthday to you, uh, Prince. You know, rest in peace, my yes. brother. And uh, last but not least, T, the Atlanta Dream, out on the West Coast, yeah, Seattle Storm. What you got? Who you? What you thinking? What you thinking? Let's go for a dream. I mean, there's an opportunity here to get the fourth win in the last five games, and that's a beautiful thing. And also to tie their win total 
for all of last season, right? And we've only we're only 12 games in. So I, that to me is so impressive. Again, I know I talk about it all the time, but when you think about what Tanisha Wright is doing already in the season and you think about the fact that they're mixing it up so anybody could definitely give Brianna Stewart and the Storm a run for their money tonight. It could be, of course, Rookie of the Month, Ryan Howard, but you know, Nia Coffey got herself a double-double on Sunday. So really, um, and then there were so many other players. They've When you've gone down the stat line in this winning streak that they've gone on three of the last four Win, uh, wins, if you will, it's been any given player on any given night, right? So yeah. loving what I'm seeing, whether it's a Cheyenne Parker in terms of the the starting five, or whether somebody like Ari McDonald giving them giving it to him off the bench, they really are getting production at both ends of the court from a number of players. So excited to see what they are going to do with their West Coast swing. It's a two game swing for them starting tonight in Seattle. So hopefully they'll get that dub, and we'll of course talk about that and everything. Sports Atlanta tomorrow. So we hope that you continue to make us your number one stop. And as always, still have a number two stop. And that second stop should indeed be A to Z with Mark Zeno because he will give it to you all day, every day, straight no chaser. So for Jarvis, I'm Tanitra. Jarvis, we coming back tomorrow? Doing this we thing are, again? We are coming back tomorrow. And before we get out of here, T, I just want to give a quick rest in peace to the young brother Trouble, who uh, lost his life recently, and um, I've had a chance to kind of have some interactions with him, just, you know, and they were all but positive. Just seems like a, a really solid, solid dude who left us a little bit too early. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot going on in the city of Atlanta right now. It is. When it comes to violence, and man, man, just tell your folks you love them, please, yeah. because you never know when it'll be the last time you uh, interact with those people. So. Yeah, I want to do a quick shout out to um, to him, a quick rest in peace, and uh, to not try to end on the show on that note, but we make sure, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say what I normally say. Y'all come mm -hmm. back now, you hear? Yes, do that.